You are listening to I Doubt It with me, your host, Jesse Dolliman, a podcast dedicated to free-thinking discussion, ideas, skepticism, but most importantly, a good time. Get right to it. Welcome, everybody, to the show, the big show. This is Jesse Dollimore coming at you taped live <laughs> from our palatial studios in Orange County, California. Again, I'm Jesse Dollimore. Across from me is my wildly attractive and massively talented, excruciatingly intelligent Brittany Page. Oh, I thought you were going to keep going. No, no. Oh, okay. It's too much. Thank you, though. That was nice. Your head is like three times the size that it normally is right now. Yeah. It was going to keep growing, too, if you were going to keep mm. talking. Mm-hmm. Big show, everybody. My Again, my technology here. My Lots my, of papers. My lots of technology. Episode 19 one away for those of you who are not math able. One away from twenty. Big times ahead. It's crazy. Get the housekeeping out of the way. I'm sure most of you skip over this. Although we try to mix it up so it's it's entertaining and different every time we beg you to rate and review the show. Well, uh, and we'll stop doing it once we have millions of reviews. <laughs> so there you go. Well, we might stop doing it once we have millions of listeners. That would be great. Yeah. Now it's like two listeners, and no. it's you and me. No, that's not true. 657-464-7609. If you happen to be calling from the United States, I'll get to that in a minute. Please do rate and review us on iTunes. We're getting lots of reviews. It's starting to be great. We appreciate the support. We also appreciate the sentiments that are, I hopefully, hopefully earnestly expressed in those reviews. Yes, very nice. And there's Stitcher. We have a Facebook page, which is starting to be a lot more interactive, and people are starting to engage with it. We really appreciate that. We each have a Twitter account. We are on the Twitter webs. We appreciate you there. And I would like to take a very short moment and thank our international fans, those individuals outside of the United States. Um, we do have uh, we do have French fans. Um, French fans, not French fries. We, man, I am, if this is any indication of how the show is going to be, you might want to tune out now because it's not going to be funny. That joke bombed. I didn't even it attempt wasn't, to wasn't give really it. It wasn't really even a joke. I was just. I uh, didn't even attempt a courtesy laugh yeah, for you terrible. on that one. I appreciate that. Yeah. You're keeping me in check. It's good. So, like I said, France and Austria and Germany. We actually have people listening in China, believe it or not. Is that allowed? Maybe not. Maybe not. And of course, our little brother to the north, Canada. Hi, Rob Ford. America's hat. They are literally our closest. Oh, well, I guess not, because Mexico is just as close. They're just, they, they count. Mexico yes. counts. Yeah, for just sure. Most of them are already living here. Yeah. So thank you very much. Speaking of literally, one of my pet peeve words, I thought that today I would talk a little bit about the bullshit words that people misuse that bother me a lot. Uh-oh. This is probably a pretty lengthy list. They bother me almost as much as men who wear jewelry. Yes. Like necklaces and, and bracelets. bracelets. Bracelets, yeah. They bother me as much as dudes who wear cologne, so... Getting moving right along. This could be just a whole episode of me bitching about shit that bothers me. It's like it's going to go that way, I yeah, think. I think so. I don't understand this new, I don't know if it's new or th this weird sensitivity to certain words. For instance, you can't use the word waiter and waitress anymore. That's a, somehow offensive to call someone a waiter. And especially offensive to call someone a waitress. What are you supposed to call them? Servers now, which I think is more offensive. Yeah, that's kind of... I've never had anybody give me a valid 
reasonable explanation as to why the word waitress is offensive. If I was a part of the wait staff at a restaurant, I would prefer to be called a waitress rather than a server. Yeah, it doesn't... Servant. Server's terrible. Yeah. It's it's the same... It's also a trend among actors and actresses that now actor is the preferred, to put it in Big Lebowski terms, is the preferred nomenclature. That's kind of the way that they're going. Although the Oscars still have the Academy Award for Best Actor and Best Actress. Well, what's wrong with there being a distinction between genders? I, I don't know. They do in Spanish. It's just the, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they do. But it's kind of... Muchacho and muchacha. Yeah, I was going to think of a word, but I don't, I can't speak Spanish. Amigo and amiga. Pendejo and pendeja. <laughs> yeah. I could keep going. Ocho. I, I can't. Ocho and ocha. Yeah. <laughs> um, six years of Spanish, everybody. Um. Yeah, That's I don't, my line. I don't understand why it's... Six years of Spanish, everybody. I don't understand why it's offensive to do this. It's it's kind of like everybody just wanting to be the same. Like an amalgam. It's it's like the, uh, the, the galvanized metal of humanity rather than your, your aluminum and your tin or whatever the, the hell makes up galvanized metal. It's... I just don't see it as offensive. No one is offended by prince and princess, and it's the same exact thing. Prince and princess is the same as actor and actress. It's It used to be author and authoress. Oh, really? Yeah. I've never heard that. It's, well, it's fallen out of favor. It's not used as much. Yeah. But I, it's certain, if it falls out of favor, I see that. I can get that. But if it's just based on it being offensive, I think that's stupid. And stupid-ass. But it's not just that. Um, there are words that are used. For instance, I mentioned literally earlier. It is a massive pet peeve of mine. In fact, there is a Twitter account out there called at wrong literally, which hasn't been used in a while. I've been busy. And it very skillfully and adroitly addressed people misusing the word literally. Jesse is literally a narcissist. Hmm. I don't know if that would be true. <laughs> the account is funny, though. I'll give you that because there will be people who say, I'm literally drowning in my homework. And you'll retweet it and say, oh, that sounds like a whoever really serious runs, problem. Whoever runs that account will say that. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Whoever runs the wrong literally account on Twitter <laughs> will retweet it and say, oh, that sounds like a serious epidemic. And Well, some of the other ones are like, oh, I'm literally... My my heart is literally broken right now. Or my, I would literally give up my arm or the bullshit like that. Which clearly everybody knows the difference between literally and figuratively. The problem well, is, the problem is that whatever Oxford Dictionary every year that they add their fucking words to the like selfie and YOLO or whatever the hell they add. They've added literally, they've modified the definition literally now. Oh, really? Which Why? It happened last year. Well, they I, I don't know. I think they do it just to... Like a slang definition, probably. No. They think they say that it actually also means to be exaggerated. That, oh, wow. To be meant, meant figuratively. But that, it doesn't mean figuratively. That's what figuratively means. Yeah. Literally means literally. Yeah. Ugh. But there are you know other words in, in doing a little reading on this that I kind of have to check myself on. Um, the word enormity, like um, the enormity of the situation is vast and great. That's not the way the word is meant to be used. Enormity, the definition of enormity means extreme evil. It doesn't mean enormousness. And interesting. I, I thought that was very interesting. Yeah. I've been using it wrong. Not like that's surprising. I don't really use the word enormity all the time. Neither do I, but, but now if I, will, I did, I would have used it wrong. Now I will find reason. I will find reason to use it. And use it correctly, and then everyone will be confused. Yes. Some other ones that I do know about that I have over the years kind of molded myself and helped myself to learn and use better are the difference between less and fewer. You know, if you have, 
if you if you if you go into like when you go into a supermarket and you see it says um it, uh quick line express line 10 items or less well see that's wrong it's 10 items or fewer because it's a number huh yeah it, so all grocery stores are wrong no some are right i think our albertsons are right oh really but some are are fucking wrong it's awesome when they're wrong. Yeah. I'm going to start I'm going to start taking pictures and I would encourage everybody to take pictures of the ones that are wrong. Let's all be grammar a-holes. I think that that's inappropriate. <laughs> Another one that I didn't know about, this is probably boring the shit out of people, but I don't care cuz it's interesting to me. Uh is disinterested disinterested doesn't mean you're not interested in someone or in something disinterested is like if you were in a lawsuit and you get a disinterested party to arbitrate for you to to settle the lawsuit for you they're they don't have an interest in either side they're disinterested that's what that means not uninterested which would mean that you couldn't care less and by couldn't care less i don't mean could care less like people misuse that because if you could care less, then there there is an amount that you could go further in in not caring. But if you couldn't care less, it means there is no much more that you could give a shit or give a shit less. Yeah. Take note, everybody, because <laughs> this is really important. And then finally, and I'll wrap it. I have a lot more, but I, I can sense that everyone's nodding off. Can you sense it because I am? Wee, 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 wee. The final one that bothers the shit out of me is in legal terms, and it usually happens in like political in political terms, is an unindicted, and this is the term, co-conspirator. Co-conspirator drives me out of my mind, figuratively, because <laughs> the word conspirator indicates by itself that there is two parties involved. You cannot conspire with yourself to do something. That's not a conspiracy. Yeah. So a co-conspirator is just wrong based on the fact that there's already two people with conspiracy. Totally. So if you use conspiracy or if you're a lawyer and you talk about an unindicted co-conspirator, stop fucking doing that. (laughs) Simple as that, everybody. Well, it's especially in legal terms. They should know. Yes, they should. Speaking of legal terms and people should know, people on city councils or county commissioners who try to pass bullshit laws, like in Virginia right now in Fairfax County. Yeah. There is a Virginia proposal that would limit size of gatherings at private homes. Which is absolutely ridiculous, completely unconstitutional, and makes me want to fly into a rage Uh oh don't do it right now Mm. a plan to ban frequent and large gatherings at neighborhood homes is a lawsuit waiting to happen a fairfax county supervisor predicts officials will get an idea soon when public comment hearings begin in virginia's most populous county quote I believe the county is risking a lawsuit and or a constitution challenge by interfering with people's right to assemble, Supervisor Pat Herity said in a statement. The proposed zoning ordinance limits, quote, group assembly at residences to 49 people a day. Such gatherings, quote, shall not occur more frequently than three times in any 40-day period. You know who does stuff like this? And I know this sounds hyperbolic and uh, other... is Iran and Cuba. In Cuba, they have limits to how many people can gather together individually at one time. As individuals, I don't mean individually, but as individuals at one time. In fact, they have like these street gatherings of people to get together and talk about baseball because baseball is a big thing in Cuba. Yeah. And they have to have special licenses that they carry to gather in those groups. So is it because the government is fearful of people gathering to overthrow them? Absolutely. That's exactly what it is. And the same thing, there are similar laws in Iran, especially after the Arab Spring in Egypt and and so many other countries where there has been upheaval, Libya and Syria now. 
they outlaw gathering together of indiv of private individuals for fear that 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 would become a political movement. That is exactly the reason that we have it in our first amendment of the Constitution. It was so important to our founders that we be able to assemble freely and peaceably to further political discussion and further that kind of uh, rugged individualism that, that we have been known for, that they put it as the first one. It's not the 25th Amendment. Yeah. It's the first one. Yeah, pretty crucial. So county officials say they have received complaints about group meetings at homes. But apparently they haven't even reached 1% of the thousands of complaints the Department of Code Compliance investigates a year. Quote, this is an yet another instance where we appear to be punishing the many for the actions of the few. Said the supervisor, Pat Harity, who reported a total of six complaints were received last year. Church groups, scouting organizations, or even sports fans drawn to a home's big screen TV during playoffs could be potential targets of the proposed county law. Realtors worry that even open houses would invite civil penalties. What's, now, that's ridiculous. <laughs> what, what, what is bizarre about this is these aren't hayseed buck teeth yokels in Fairfax County. This is a Washington, D.C. suburb in a very wealthy community. So, And many of these people work within the framework of government. Many of these people are wealthy lawyers. Many of these people, people are wealthy and very, it's not a feckless community. These people are smart, they're educated, and they know the ins and outs of the Constitution. So I don't see this thing going anywhere, but shame on you, Fairfax County, Virginia. And it's not even some radical libertarian leaning, some radical libertarian philosophy that I'm trying to espouse. It's basic constitutionalist viewpoints. Yeah, I think Virginia needs to uh, calm down, as Mo they might say. <laughs> Moving right along to wacky bullshit going on in the South. Here's a little Florida for you. Florida man Chris Severe is taking his obsession with his laptop to the next level. He just filed a motion to intervene in a state gay marriage case on behalf of, quote, other minority sexual orientation groups, and he is requesting to marry his porn-filled Apple computer. He's a troll, is what he is. And I don't mean troll in the, in the yeah, he's an ugly little troll. I mean, he is, he's trying to cause a problem and start an argument and start a discussion because he's opposed to gay marriage. He's like an internet troll is what you're trying to say. He's a dickbag. Like people who make comments on YouTube videos. Right. Especially my YouTube videos. <laughs> Severe's request was prompted by another case, uh, a landmark case, challenging Florida's refusal to recognize gay marriages that are performed out of state. In his 24-page filing... Severe argues that if gay couples, quote, have the right to marry their object of sexual desire, even if they lack corresponding sexual parts, then I should have the right to marry my preferred sexual object. And his preferred sexual object is his Apple computer. His porn-filled Apple computer. He goes on to write about the moment he first laid eyes on his computer. <laughs> <laughs> Are you guys ready for this? Because it's good. Recently, I purchased an Apple computer. The computer was sold to me without filters to block out pornography. I was not provided with any warnings by Apple that pornography was highly addictive and could alter my reward cycle by the manufacturer. Over time, I began preferring sex with my computer over sex with real women. Naturally, I fell in love with my computer and preferred having sex with it over all persons or things. As a result of classic conditioning upon orgasm. Mm. Well, first of Classical all. Classical conditioning. <laughs> first of all, he's not having sex with his computer. He would need, like, you've got your USB ports. Oh, you, God. <laughs> you've got your Ethernet ports. He would need the classic cock port <laughs> on a computer in order to have sex with his computer. He's having sex with himself, and the computer is an aid. Yes, it's just there. Yeah, it's... <laughs> Jackass. I love how he says, naturally, I fell in love with my computer. Naturally? Naturally. You fell in love with your Apple computer. Well, this guy, first of all, he's a former lawyer. He lost his... 
his law license because of he claimed issues after having been in the military or something. He's a moron, but go ahead. An alleged moron. He seems litigious, so let's keep this yeah, on the, up and up. You might up. want to be careful. <laughs> the judge supervising the case said, quote, the motion has no place in this lawsuit and tossed it aside. So the judge obviously knows what's going on. Or he's just a rabid computer sex guy. Yeah, the fact that Severe's motion was thrown out shouldn't have come as a surprise to him, although he is something of a virtuoso at filing frivolous anti-gay lawsuits, which is the whole point of what he does. Jackass. Last summer, Severe attempted to sue Apple for failing to sufficiently protect him from the evils of online pornography. He also filed a 50-page motion intervening in a Utah gay marriage case, describing his failed attempts to obtain a marriage license for himself and a machine. So again, I think he's talking about another it's, computer. It's, a, <laughs> it's analogous to me suing Westinghouse, the, the maker of my refrigerator at home, because it stores my delicious ham and food and me getting, me getting fat from it. Yeah, delicious meat and cheese treats. So I'm going to sue Westinghouse or Frigidaire or Whirlpool because my ham is being stored in my refrigerator. Yeah, that's a problem. The guy is a jackass. Yeah, definitely. He has a lot of time on his hands, apparently. And he's from, what's, what state was that again? He is a Florida man. Florida man. Shocking. Shocking. Very shocking. Ugh. So, speaking of cockports, well, one, speaking of cockports, hey, listen, if you're an inventor, you need to, you need to get on the stick and invent the, the cockport. But speaking of cockports, um, Abu Bakar Shakau, like I said, I'm not, I don't have to respect this guy enough to even pronounce his name correctly, but he is the Nigerian leader of uh, Hobo Haram. What is it? Boko Haram. Boko Haram. And it is a, a Nigerian um, Islamist terrorist group that just kidnapped like 300. Uh, what, what's the, give me the deets. Yeah, around 300 school girls because he. Christian girls, mostly I hear. I've read. I'm not sure about that, yeah. but he is against the education of girls. The Western, excuse me, um. His group, and, and I had to, it, it's amazing the difference between Western, well, not Western media, but the difference between American media and international media, because the best article that I've read on this is from a French website that I had to have Google Chrome translate for me. Uh, it says that Boko Haram means Western education is a sin. This article I have says that Western education is forbidden. Hmm. So either way, Western education, nah. Yeah, nah. They're, they're, they're not a big fan. Yeah. So girls from the Chibok Government Girls Secondary School were the latest victims in apparently his long-running Islamic military relations in this country. Yeah. Uh, people are kind of saying, why are we just now getting help for this? This guy has been reigning down living hell on us and only now the international community is taking notice because these girls have been kidnapped but i mean at least we're taking notice right well for sure we're it it, it is that because a lot of people would say oh america doesn't care unless it's white people or unless there's oil there's not a fucking thing for america in nigeria at all yeah what i like and i this i heard this on cnn maybe i'm wrong you want to fact check me everybody but I heard that he said something along the lines of like throwing out a challenge to America to get involved. Like, send me your Navy SEALs. I'll show them what real military action is like. And my Pretty call. Bold. Yeah, very bold. My call would be to, well, listen, Sarah Palin, Sarah Palin, you're a regular listener to the show. I'm sure you have a better connection to the president of the United States that, than I do. Uh, so Sarah Palin, here's what I think I need. I, I would like you to do: tell Obama that he needs to send in the Navy SEALs because they will give this asswipe an attitude adjustment with extreme prejudice, with, with much, much 
shock and awe. They'll let him know what real military men do. Yeah, apparently he doesn't know what the Navy SEALs have done in the past. Maybe he thinks they're actually a group of SEALs. <laughs> I think he must, or else he would be more afraid, right? Well, you've you've heard of Osama bin Laden, right? I mean, he's, he's a Muslim guy. He, I'm sure he's heard of him. Yeah, you'd think. So in an hour-long video, this guy, Ab- Abu Bakar Shaku Zabala, Again, we don't care about you enough to say your name correctly. So the leader of Boko Haram claimed responsibility for the abductions of the girls and threatened to make the girls slaves. Quote, by Allah, I will sell them in the marketplace. He says in the video in which he refers to the captives as his slaves. The video showed militants firing rifles in the air and crying, Allah Akbar. Allah Akbar. God is great. Mm. Boko Haram is responsible for a spate of bombings in the past year. It orchestrated a car bomb attack on May 1st, killing at least 19 people and injuring 60 more. In April, 70 people died in a bomb blast. The terror group murdered 59 schoolboys in February. It separated the boys from the girls, instructing the girls to leave the school and get married. The boys were then killed. The movement could be responsible for more than 1,500 deaths this year, according to Amnesty International. It's... To say that this is disheartening is a wild, wild understatement. We're living in the year 2014, and this stuff is still happening. And it's this is because, solely because of mythology. He believes in an invisible man in the sky who is telling him to do this. He is following the advice of a pedophile... Muhammad. Oh, shit. I mean, oh, dang. You didn't say that. Well, it's fact. He, he married like a nine-year-old girl. I know. I'm just saying whenever you speak like that, yeah, death yeah. threats start rolling in. Yeah, well. The religion of peace. I might mention to them that I may have not been a Navy SEAL, but I am a United States Marine, so fucking bring it. Uh, the other thing is it's depressing because you think that you're living in a modern time. And shit like this happens. It's, it's a bummer. It's, it's like we're on this path, this upward. If I had the, the, the Price is Right music, you know, for the... For the what's, the what's the game with the, the mountain climber guy? Oh, I don't know. Price is Right. If, <laughs> I said that. Oh, okay. That's the only help I can offer as well. So we're on this upward path toward scientific advancement and we're getting these medical advancements it's so great and then something like this happens that brings us back down to this it's like it's like little periods of the dark ages yeah it's it's a bummer and it's always almost always as a direct result of religious involvement and look like i said i'm not going to turn the show into the atheist hour but this is a bummer something needs to be done where are the moderate members of this religion to step up? It's also a bummer for Nigeria. What kind of government system do they have in place where this guy can completely throw the country into turmoil? Well, now, you know, we are coming in and intervening to help them get the girls back. Yeah, but we're going to send in, we're more than likely going to send in a group of FBI hostage negotiator experts or something. Yeah, it's we're not, not, we're not deploying Yeah, soldiers. it's not going to be boots on the ground going, you know ready to to throw some rounds down range and end some lives. Unfortunately, the situation is, as of yet, still not improving because they actually just launched an attack on a Nigerian village in an area where there were people staying that are participating in the search for these schoolgirls, and they killed at least 150 people. They set houses on fire. They just went to town. And so 150 people is the estimate but they might find people in the crumbled buildings and all the destruction that they caused listen i'm 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 for the most part politically a libertarian and by libertarian i mean little l not big l i'm not a party member of the libertarian party i'm not a member so just i libertarianism and liberty is a big thing for me and part of that for the most part is you know spending our money wisely but i'm not an isolationist 
I'm not a Pat Buchanan guy where we want to build walls up around us and just let the world do what they're doing. We have a responsibility to the world, being the economic, military, science, and social powerhouse that we are. The world follows what we do. And I really, truly believe that going forward in a modern world, in a modern planet, we need to lead the way. And when shit like this goes down and hundreds of girls are being kidnapped and threatened to be sold into slavery, and it's not going to be slavery washing dishes or picking crops. It's going to be sex slavery, a terrible, abhorrent, immoral thing. The United States needs to jump up, send some, send some shock and jock troops in there, and kick some ass. Take this guy and his cronies out. That's exactly what needs to happen. So, regular listener and waterboarding baptizer, Sarah Palin, get on the phone and talk to people you know, and let's get this shit done. Yes, please. Ugh. So, we'll uh, lighten the mood a little bit. Let's talk about the Holocaust. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, so the Holocaust is in the news. Weird, right? Very weird. A controversial writing assignment that asked eight, eighth graders in Rialto in East Los Angeles. Yeah, Rialto, California. To consider sources that contend the Holocaust never happened is a, quote, bad mark on our record that will be fixed, a spokeswoman for the district said. Students were asked to research and write an argumentative essay about whether the Holocaust actually occurred or if it was, quote, merely a political scheme created to influence public emotion and gain wealth. School officials say the assignment has since been pulled and will be revised. The students were asked to participate in this assignment. It consisted of 18 pages of instructions and sources. Of the sources, two came from websites such as history.com and about.com. The third is from a web page on biblebelievers.org.au entitled, quote, Is the Holocaust a Hoax? And it claims that Nazi gas chambers and concentration camps were a fraud. The source declares that, in fact, no evidence exists showing that any Jews died in gas chambers. It also suggests that Anne Frank was a hoax. So that's an Australian thing? Because there's a massive white supremacy movement in uh, Australia right now. It's oh, a prob- really? Yeah, it's a problem for the country. Wow. Um, it's something weird. we were. I was hoping to maybe talk about on the show, but you just brought it up, so there it is. I don't really have a problem with the assignment. If I don't really have a problem with the assignment, I think from a... From the perspective of a critical thinking assignment, it's we need to teach, especially in today's world where information and misinformation is so readily accessible, we need our kids to be able to use their brains independently to come to conclusions. Very shortly after 9-11, that loose change video was out there, and there was a ton of 9-11 truth or nutter butters. Who, who then, and still, despite the massive onslaught of information to the contrary, believe that 9-11 was an inside thing. Yeah. So our children need to be taught to think critically and come to correct conclusions relative to these type of things. Well, and that's the thing. There are many conspiracy-minded people out there, Holocaust deniers. They're mostly white supremacists and also various um, factions in Arab nations and Iran. They argue that the Holocaust was a hoax perpetuated by Jewish people to advance Jewish interests. And everyone was enraged by this assignment. But what's the problem? Because they're going to research it and they're going to find that, hey, it happened. Right, because the only conclusion is a lot of the quote-unquote evidence that these idiots propose relative to the Holocaust not existing or happening are like doctored pictures and it's it's flimsy at best it's flimsy because I don't know about you but I have an understanding of when the program Photoshop came around and these pictures were not doctored there are legitimate pictures of Eisenhower and his troops going in, it would have to be a conspiracy, the largest global conspiracy that has ever existed. And you can't keep that many people quiet. Yeah. And another another point that I think makes the assignment beneficial is that there are kids who are being told things by their parents. 
and they're, you know, we inherit our beliefs very yes. much like we inherit everything else. Right. If your parents were conservative, you're going to likely grow up and be a conservative. If they were liberal, you're hearing liberal crap your whole life. You're going to grow up and be a liberal. And it's the same thing with these kids that are raised by conspiracy theorist weirdos and people who deny the Holocaust happened. So if they come into class and they've been told this at home and they're given an assignment that says, here you go, research this on your own and let's let's debate it let's talk about it let's open a conversation in class that kid is going to have their mind blown because they're going to realize wow my parents are idiots yeah and they've been telling me the wrong things my whole life and so i don't i don't see a problem here but it has caused a problem it's also it's a lot more listen i'm sure that all of our listeners are clear thinking logical individuals who who believe who, who know that the holocaust happened because they're rational. But I know many people personally who don't believe it happened. My my parents have supported people for office in Idaho actively campaign for them whose parents didn't support it, who I believed were liabilities to the campaign. I believe this person ended up getting elected. But it, it's a very prevalent belief, especially among backwoods hillbillies yeah like northern idaho types where you know there was a large white supremacist con uh contingency yes it, it's a bummer but it's the reason that we need to teach our kids how to think how to use their mental faculties correctly is because of the fact that there's so many of these assholes and these morons out there and let me tell you we'll put it blunt bluntly if you believe the Holocaust didn't happen, you're either stupid or you're a terrible, terrible person or both. Yeah, I was going to say it could be both. <laughs> I have never spoken with someone that denies the Holocaust happen, happened that is an intelligent individual, at least in that regard where it relates to critical thinking and... Right. They just hear things and then they adopt it as fact. And that's not how information should work. <laughs> you know? Well, I can tell you every single one of the people who don't believe the Holocaust happened is definitely a Hitler sympathizer. So ask yourself that and fucking judge accordingly. So and judge accordingly, uh, according, you know, what you think about this assignment. I I personally, and I guess Brittany too, I don't think it's that big a deal because it's not like they were advocating the other position. They were just teaching the kids to try to think critically. Well, and I think we shouldn't be just shutting down the fact that other people believe this. They're having this knee-jerk reaction now with this assignment that, oh, we can't, we can't even give credence to the other side. Well, there are weirdos out there who believe this, and yeah. shouldn't they be able to deal with these ideas now? You know, it's the same thing that happened when Bill Nye debated Ken Ham in that in that debate a couple months ago a few months ago on uh, evolution and creationism yeah the, the there was a large faction of science that was against and i was initially too i thought it was i, I thought about it and initially my thought was don't don't even give credibility to the idea by going into a debate with him yeah i think that's wrong i think a free exchange of all the ideas even if they're stupid even if they're completely fantastical is a good idea. Yeah, for I sure. mean, if you had to go to a, into a debate with someone and try to debate whether Odin was real, okay, this will be an easy one. <laughs> yeah. Because, like I always say, and maybe we should change the podcast title to this, The Truth Will Win Out. You oh, I thought you were going to say Jesse's right. Mm. Jesse's always right. That's a good one, too. Maybe that'll be a subtitle. Speaking of Jesse's always right, sometimes I need to poop... And I can't. Well, wow, that was a terrible segment. Yeah, I don't understand what just happened. <laughs> I'm very grossed out, though. Moving on to a little science segment with Brittany. These, oh, speaking of the Holocaust, this is a pill that's been developed in Israel. That's the segue right there. Yeah. What was I thinking? I don't know. <laughs> so, for those of you that have issues with constipation which apparently is an estimated 15% of Americans. No, that's not me. I have trouble I have problems with my poop just falling out. Okay. Just I'll be walking along and poop. All right. 
I'm like a deer. Yeah, that's or a goat. That's a bad situation. Yeah, and it's like pellet, pellet like. Why like does that goat. happen to you? Do you know? I don't know. Maybe I should talk to one of these Israeli scientists. No, you shouldn't, because this pill is not for you. <laughs> that will only make your situation <laughs> worse. Okay, everybody. So this pill. It's a pill that vibrates when swallowed mm. rather than simply just delivering the medication. Keep this pill away from that Florida severe guy. Yeah. A vibrating pill is not what you want for that guy. No. He will be trying to stick it in his pee hole. Yeah. Or something. <laughs> the capsule. Well, it's already come out as bee hole. Yeah. The capsule. Which... She's not amused, everybody. <laughs> not amused. I'm trying to read. Okay. <laughs> this, the capsule, which is... <laughs> Oh, that little ditty is getting isolated, and we're going to use that on future oh, shows. God. I'm okay. trying to read. <laughs> the capsule, which is being developed by the Israeli the Israeli company Vibrant, <laughs> yeah, it is. is the size of a multivitamin and works by mimicking the peristalsis process that pushes waste through the lower intestine. Researcher Yeshai Ron says it increased the number of weekly bowel movements from two to four in 26 test subjects who took it twice a week for two weeks. Hang on. We're stopping there. Put your finger on that spot. It increased the weekly bowel movements from two to four. Two bowel movements in a week? These people suffer from constipation. Do you know how much? I? Oh, my God. Uh, that would be... A critical situation. That would be an ER visit like no other. Just a giant backlog. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 We know, given what you just told us about your deer poop. Hoover Dam. All right. Boom. Yeah. Floodgates. You are disgusting. <laughs> so six to eight hours after being swallowed, about the time food would reach the lower part of the digestive system, the vibrant pill begins pulsating three times a minute that's all that's not gonna clear any room it's getting stuff done the action is controlled by an external base unit but isn't noticeable to the patient the capsule is eventually expelled in the bowel movement the pill could be a superior alternative to laxatives researchers say because only a few minor side effects were noted in the 26 test subjects, whereas <laughs> research has shown that laxatives can have serious side effects, particularly if the dose is increased over time, which is often necessary with laxatives. The brief study doesn't speak to potential long-term effects, though more extensive trials are planned. So this vibrating pill is the future from vibrance. It's just doing biz in your b-hole. It's certainly taking care of biz. In the b-hole. In the b-hole. Behole Biz is being taken care of. That should be their tagline. <laughs> Whatever the pill's going to be called, and then by Vibrant. We take care of the Behole Biz. Yeah. Vibrant. Yeah. <laughs> I hope they're going to buy this. Yeah, you know what? Hey, hey, We're doing work. Trademarked. I want. I get credit for that right there. If they, if they come up with that slogan, I'm going to be pissed. Yeah, well, they didn't come up with it. You came up with it. Yeah, but if they try to use it, if they, yeah. Try, to, yeah, yeah. If they try to jack my shit. Yeah. Well, Not they're trying happen. to jack my shit. They're trying to jackhammer my shit out. All right. That's enough of that. Hmm. Hmm is right. I like at the end of this article, it says, weird sidebar. Elvis's longtime doctor claims the king died of chronic constipation. Wow. He would have had to take a fistful of these pills like he did other pills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We don't know if that's safe yet, everybody. Yeah. So continuing on with Brit Brittany's science corner. We, we need to have some, some people start thinking of some names for your science segment. Yes. I need a theme song. Is uh, some research that they did in Glasgow, Scotland. Yes. About the trustworthiness of people just by hearing them, I think, right? Well, first impressions. The science behind first impressions. So they interviewed the psychologist who did the study, Phil McAleer. It's a cool Scottish name. And he says, from the first word you hear a person speak, you start to form this impression of a person's personality. And he is a psychologist at the University of Glasgow, Scotland. And he led this study. In his experiment, he recorded 64 people, men and women, from Glasgow, reading a paragraph that included the word hello. He then extracted all of those hellos and got 320 participants to listen to the different voices and rate them on 10 different personality traits, such as trustworthiness, aggressiveness, competence, dominance, and warmth. 
What he found was that the participants largely agreed on which voice matched which personality trait. Yeah. And I did the same. In this article, they had uh, four links up, two female voices and two male voices. And I didn't know which way they were trying to. I didn't read the article first. I just listened to the voices first. And I fell right in line with their research. So I'm going to try the same thing on the audience. I'm going to play each clip. We're going to start with the, the female voices and see what you think. I'm going to play them several times, so get ready. I was going to say get your pens ready, but you don't have to write anything down. So female voice number one. Hello. Female voice number one. Hello. Hello. Here's female voice number two. Hello. Once again, female voice number two. Hello. Number one. Hello. Number two. Hello. All right. This is fun, everybody. Yeah, it is. <laughs> we're doing live experiments on the podcast. Now we're going to do uh, male voice number one. Hello. Hello. And by the way, this is Scotland, so that's why it doesn't have uh, normal normal sounding American accent. Hello. Hello. All so right. Did we tell everyone that we're rating them for trustworthiness? On this, no, we didn't. On this one, you're rating this, these voices, and I'll play them one more time. We're rating these for trustworthiness. Which one of these voices do you think is most trustworthy? Hello. 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 So you probably fell in line with the research because, again, there was consensus found. And what makes the females sound more trustworthy is whether their voices rise or fall at the end of the word. Probably the trustworthy female, when she drops her voice at the end, is showing a degree of certainty so she can be trusted. It's kind of interesting. I thought it was just because her voice sounded lighter and friendlier and just a little, I don't know. You kind of want that from a woman. Well, they also, they all, well, you don't want your woman to sound like a dude because then you wonder if she's a dude and then that's not trustworthy. Yes. Right? Precisely. <laughs> I mean, and she then, might have, you know, a wang. Yeah. So a the painter. One male a voice. Ding dong. One male voice was overwhelmingly vo voted. Again, again trying Brittany. to read. <laughs> One male voice was overwhelmingly voted the least trustworthy, the sort of guy you'd want to avoid. The pitch of the untrustworthy voice was much lower than the male deemed most trustworthy. The psychologist leading the study says this is probably because a higher-pitched male voice is closer to the natural pitch of a female, making the men sound less aggressive and friendlier than the lower male voices. Yeah. So it comes down to how aggressive do people sound. You're not really going to trust someone that's aggressive, right? I have my own theory. I think that they sound more trustworthy just because of their accents. Oh, yeah? But. Because they sound like Shrek to you? Yeah, they all have <laughs> accents, and one was trustworthy and one was not. It's so. great. Hello. Yeah. Hello. My theory sucks is what I'm saying. By the way, I fell right in line with the research, and I trusted both of the trustworthy voices. And you trusted them. I trusted them with my life. Yeah, you did. Mm-hmm. You, yep. took, you took that survey seriously in oh, that yeah. NPR article. Hell yeah. So such rapid appraisals have long evolutionary history. It's a brain process found in all mammals. Things that are important for behavior and for survival tend to happen pretty fast. You don't have a huge amount of time. It has to be a simple system of communication. So that's why this first impres impression research is kind of interesting because it's how we form impressions pretty quickly to decide who we trust and start analyzing the personality traits of various individuals to know who we want to associate with, who it's safe to associate with. And well, it's because of evolutionary causes, probably. I think it's great. I, and I do think it's very interesting. I, like, like I've said in previous episodes, I was in sales for a long time in my life. I, I, I was in sales and I'm very good. I was a great salesman, but I, I was very good at listening to people and pegging them one way or another and figuring out which way, you know, I guess just psychologically, which way to push or not push, when to be quiet, when to listen, when, and a lot of that's based on 
very, very minuscule verbal cues, physical cues, all of this stuff. It's very important. I think it's very interesting that we're kind of getting to the bottom of it with actual empirical data and research. Yeah, great research study there. Yeah, it's solid. Yeah, well. Thanks, Scotland. Yeah. You give a sheep a sheep stomach filled with all the guts, and then you give us actual science. That's great. We appreciate that. Perfect. And with that load of haggis and science, we are going to wrap it up. One episode away from our famous, or soon-to-be-famous, Mother's Day episode. Oh, joyous. I don't know if we're going to really address the whole episode being uh, Mother's Day, but... That would be terrible. We're not doing that. Well, we're going to talk about it a little bit. Yeah, we'll talk about it a little bit. Because isn't Mother's Day Sunday? It is. And that's the day we record episode 20. It is. And we are going to talk about it. It's not like it's super important, though, so we don't need to spend a lot of time on it. It is definitely not important. Yeah. Definitely not important. But the episode's important. Oh, for sure, yeah. So we are going to kick some ass on the Mother's Day. Mm. So thanks for listening, everybody. We very much appreciate your support, your patronage, your listenership. Get us on iTunes. Get us on Stitcher and on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, go check out that at wrong literally Twitter account. It's a real funny one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks to our international fans. We love you. Uh, wish I spoke more languages so we could really reach out to the world. Ciao. And once again, I'd like to send a sincere thank you to Sarah Palin for getting with Barack Obama relative to sending the Navy SEALs where they need to take care of some biz. You betcha. This has been episode 19. Six five seven four six four seventy six zero nine. I am Jesse Dollamore. This is Brittany Page. See ya. And this has been I Doubt. Trying to read. I'm trying to read. Trying to read. I'm trying to read. <laughs> <laughs>